Ria Riva Bukhliagas Colony Falche Go Tura Lura. How was that for, for an Irish opening, Josh? Are we in the spectrum of uh, something that a real person could actually say? I actually fucking love it because it sounded like I was back in my childhood at the age of seven turning on Kula Car on TG Car <laughs> after school to watch the Irish language cartoons and you have the presenter going Anyway, anyway, people, I'm glad. But um, what I said was uh, hello and welcome to Turalura boys and girls my name is christian duxton and it's it's a really bad habit to introduce yourself before the other people in the room and the other person in the room that i apologize wholeheartedly to is josh o'loughlin my good friend across the sea and across britain and across, across the sea here in the room sea. yeah <laughs> over there in county Clare. how are things grand I'm a bit bollocksed, as I'm sure you've noticed. I've been on the go for about 15 days on the trot, and I'm getting one night at home in my own bed tonight before I have to go again for more rehearsals tomorrow. But sure, I suppose a few months ago I was complaining that I wasn't going anywhere, so... Yeah. You can't win. You just you can't, can't win. <laughs> you just can't win. That's uh, That's one way of looking at it, but honestly... We are pretty happy that we're able to go out and, and play a few giganis again. Absolutely. Jesus, I was playing gigs in Dublin actually the last two nights and it's hard to believe but it was fucking brilliant. It was so good. Yeah. I was playing with a fantastic box player called Nigel Davy, and I don't know if they were actually some of the best gigs I've ever done or if it's just the fact that I haven't gigged in so long. <laughs> <laughs> but it was you, brilliant. You, you can transfer this to anything. Like if if you've if you've been off sugar for a year and then you eat a chocolate, or if you've celibacy, <laughs> if, and then and then and then finally it happens again, then I'm sure I'm pretty sure it's gonna it's gonna be a great experience. But Nigel, he's I've only met him a couple of times. Um, going to the Celt with yourself. Um, and Brian Curry for, for gigs that you have played and I seem to remember someone telling me that he was one, the original box player for Riverdance or something he certainly was yeah that uh, that famous accordion piece I can't remember what it's called now but that was that was him back in the 90s for the original Bill Whelan composition yeah but so some he, of us he was there I mean if, if people if people don't know what we're talking about then then scroll back and listen to Lord of the Dance episode number. Do we know, Josh? I'm I haven't a clue. I, I've lost track completely. We have <laughs> Basically, we have a back catalogue. Catalog. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the Lord of the Dance episode, we talk all about river dance. We talk all about the concept of Irish dance and uh, the fact that river dance actually is the name of a composition and a, and a performance that was done. Uh, at the Eurovision and mm-hmm. uh, Nigel that Josh played with yesterday was that he was that player. <laughs> he was that accordion player that he played was. in the Eurovision in what year now 19 um, 1994 at the Eurovision Song Contest good stuff good stuff these are the stories that you only get when you talk to someone that actually have played in in uh, in Dublin that you can just you there he is in the Celt, 
the accordion player from Riverdance. <laughs> and he's full of stories too. <laughs> I can imagine. Oh, can I talk about myself for a minute? Do you want to? Yeah, I Are just you itching to get it out? Uh, well, I'm aching anyway. Uh, I'm, <laughs> I just want to say that I, as the, um, as the good boy I am and lucky uh, enough, uh, I've gotten my second dose of that uh, vaccine that you got a few few weeks ago to be able to leave the country and i am bollocks too that's all i really <laughs> wanted to say i wanted to get it out there that how's your wi-fi has it my, improved my wi-fi um no my wi-fi is the same but <laughs> i feel like my um i i think i might need to upgrade my phone to have a 5g ready phone uh yeah to to really be able to um, to reap the rewards from yeah uh, just to get that uh connection flowing through the bloodstream properly like yeah yeah you need some sort of antenna uh, <laughs> and i think that only works if you have the phone in your hands mm-hmm. but you could probably implement some sort of uh contraption on your head as well if you really wanted to be um, like a tinfoil hat type of thing yeah maybe yeah and then what would that block the signal Ooh, yeah, that might actually be the point of a tinfoil hat <laughs> to get away from from the big guns, whoever they are. <laughs> anyway, my point is that we are two bollocks boys sitting here in two different countries with a Zoom chat and our, our microphones and our sound systems running. And, and a desperate need to get an episode out tomorrow. Yeah. <laughs> but we are dedicated mofos, so we're here anyway. And I see that Josh is enjoying a lovely monster energy. Is that the? Um, I'm on an interesting one today. You you know all about this one. Is is that the sugar free one? No, it's not. Sadly, okay. Yeah. So no, it's it's all of the energy, all of the calories. Okay. Yeah. Unfortunately, but they didn't have any other options in the shop, and I was in need of monster. So. Yeah, monster juiced mango uh, taste is absolutely fantastic. But they have uh, one called something Fiesta. That Ma- mango, it's mango. Mango as well. Fiesta, yeah. Yep. Um, and it tastes exactly the same without any of the calories. So, folks, if you don't yes. want calories and you want all that energy, get out there and get yourself a mango Fiesta Energy Ultra for <laughs> all of that sweet, sweet energy. But monster have <laughs> has had. R- like real problems lately from what i've heard because there's an uh, aluminium um shortage at the moment so th- as th- these are all things that i have been told by other people so i haven't fact checked anything but i have been told that the reason why there is almost n- zero zit monster in the shops in norway these days is because of a uh, aluminium shortage Jesus, maybe that's why I'm finding it harder and harder to find the white monster that yeah. I know and love. <laughs> that's the go-to monster. Yeah. There's a go-to monster on this here, a lovely little skeleton dancing some <laughs> kind of fiesta dance. Oh, there's a load of them. <laughs> what have we? Dia de los Muertos. Marigold's uh, mysticism and memories. Dia de, de los Muertos is... It's it's basically the Mexican Halloween. <laughs> yeah, isn't pretty it? much. And if you don't know anything about that, folks, go out there and check out the Disney Pixar movie Coco. Oh, fantastic film. Very good film. So, before we get into to what we're actually talking about today, I just want to do a quick 
little uh, shout out to ourselves by saying that you can contact us on Turalura podcast at gmail.com. There are two O's in Tura, two O's in Lura, and just a single tiny little O in podcast gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook, Turalura, uh, and you can find us on the Instagram at Turalura podcast. You can review us on several different podcast apps. You can at least give us stars. So please do if you enjoy this. And, and all uh, of this info is going to be very important in today's upcoming episode, folks, because we're going to need to get you onto our social media to take part in what's about to happen we're, we're literally throwing a call to action into this because we're, we're so bad when it comes to updating social media so we're we're, <laughs> we're pressuring pressuring ourselves to do it and we're also pressuring you to get on to to the socials i noticed so christian's having a wee bit of a drink there as well christian what are you on what are you having just this this is this is basically a mix between some ice cubes and a little bit of beer uh, because there's no water in the apartment so i had to grab the only thing that was in the fridge well there was coke as well as in coca-cola but as I, opposed I, to the other stuff i <laughs> but i i honestly i have always never keep a few lines in the fridge just in <laughs> case <laughs> why in the fridge that's Not what i'm that wondering I know anything about, about do I? cocaine but jesus uh no but honestly i've never ever in liked coca-cola <laughs> coca-cola uh, has never been my my um bag of lime never been my my tea my never been tea. your two hurleys never been my two hurleys um inside but, joke yeah. folks we'll explain another time yeah <laughs> so josh should we get into this this yeah. is a con this is a concept that you you created it's your brainchild that you I told me about maybe an hour ago <laughs> on the phone and i was like sure let's do not? it let's do it let's go all mma on these songs asses yeah yeah so so tell tell the lovely people of podcast land what we're doing well folks we're absolutely feckin' delira and exira to be inviting you here today to the very first of our molly sessions what does that mean i hear you ask well we're gonna be taking a couple of episodes every now and then to take some songs apart and have a bit of a competition and get you guys involved the molly sessions volume one is today's and i think we've decided that this is kind of an experiment yeah um, yeah we're gonna see how it goes we don't know what the criteria are going to be just yet but we're basically today's session is a molly session so we're gonna pick a molly song each a song that mentions lovely molly that lovely girl that always seems to show up at the right moment and we're going to pit two of those songs against each other i suppose and we're gonna stick them up on a poll we'll give you a few links we'll give you a bit of info We'll talk a bit of shit, as we always do, and we're going to decide which of them is the public's favourite. We're going to send it out to you guys to send us a vote, send us your comments, send us everything that you can. And hopefully at the end of a couple of different volumes of the Molly Sessions, we'll have four or five finalists and we'll pit them against each other and find an overall Molly winner. And and just to say that... Uh it doesn't necessarily have if if this works really well then we can keep doing it and we can find some sort of overarching title for the concept because obviously down the mm -hmm. line we can do this with 
whiskey songs. We can do this with songs mentioning Paddy. Absolutely. This, this is the plan. This is uh, this this is the way, as they say in uh, <laughs> drinking songs, whiskey songs, Paddy songs, Nancy songs. There's some lovely Nancy songs. Yeah. What other type of songs? Soldier songs, night yeah. visiting songs. Yeah, S- sneaking, sneaking in the window <laughs> in the middle of the night songs. That's the, the yeah, a bit of riddle dee diddle dee, riddle riddle dee diddle dee songs. We we have one of those, Josh. We composed ourselves. <laughs> we won't get into it though, will we? Do you really want to? No, 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 absolutely we'll not. We'll wait till a day when we have the instruments. <laughs> it's more of a tongue twister that we created at a photo shoot once in Gormanstown in, is it in Bulbriggan or where is I, it? I actually have no idea. <laughs> we out, were there Out anyway. there in, in North County Dublin. We, and we, we were came up with the little tongue twister. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so, so this is, this is our, this is Just testing our of head the lyrics. to head. <laughs> We're, we're we're testing our head to head concept that Josh just uh, as just thought ge- of, <laughs> just the ge- as the genius he is, thought mm-hmm. of an hour ago or so. So what can I say I'm a little bit of a legend like that, you know? Yeah. Oh, you you absolutely are. But we've um, decided, I think, that today we're gonna start off with Molly, because we all know a Molly. We all know a song about Molly. Can mm-hmm. can I can I? Do I know it's sort of your turn, but can I do a little bit of a scene setting? You can be good. Just to just to give people a feeling of how this can can sound if we end up making it a regular. Okay, let's do it. Hello everybody and welcome to the folk music arena here in Dublin City, the home of leprechauns and rebels. Today we're putting two immortal songs up against each other. They're going head to head, throwing punches and notes. I lost it for a second. Throwing punches and notes and words at each other in the left corner. Several hundred years old, about the oldest profession in the world. And we're not talking about fishmongers. It's the famous. It's the immortal. It's the undead, but still very dead, Molly Malone. Hell yes. In the right corner, weighing several pounds stolen from a captain uh, and uh, traveling across the Cork and Kerry Mountains, (laughs) throwing rapiers uh, because the bullets were stolen and filled up with water. It's the amazing whiskey in the jar. Whiskey. Woo. Woo. Yeah, I, 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 maybe I took it a little bit too far, but I don't think you are. took it far enough. <laughs> you need to go all out. You need the, you need the models to be carrying the signs. You need like six or seven really famous sports professionals. They're all just standing in a line wearing suits, staring at the crowd. Absolutely, and you need hardcore hip hop. As they walk <laughs> down the, the down song. the aisle, going the, 
Doctor Doctor Dre versions of whiskey in the jar and Molly Malone. <laughs> Dublin's first city where the bitches are so pretty. So <laughs> 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 what's going over the fire from Kerry Mountains? I got Captain Farrell and his money. He was counting yo. <laughs> Just stick a yo in there wherever yeah. you want. Just, <laughs> just to make it pure nineties. Mm. Proper um, modernify <laughs> I, I think maybe I, I blew the microphone up doing that, but uh, It's okay. <laughs> I I don't know how it sounds through your DAW, but over here it was grand. It probably sounds fine. Okay, so we're doing this. Josh, what is your Pokemon in this battle? My Pokemon is the as you said, the enigmatic Poor old Molly Malone. She's fairly DID these days, as in she did be alive at one stage and now she's not. But she's alive in the hearts and minds of millions of people worldwide. True. true. What, what are we dealing with on your end, Christian? On my end, well, uh, from the, what now the power of deduction, uh, <laughs> if you, you will be able to tell that I am doing whiskey in the jar. One of the first... Irish songs that I ever learnt, loved and hated by uh, musicians around the world, but loved by audiences. Uh, just the same as Molly Malone, so it's going to be an interesting one. We thought that, sure, why not? Why not start with two big guns when <laughs> we're doing this? Throw the big guns against each other. What's yeah. the story with Molly and Whiskey in the jar? Well, actually... It's it's kind of a funny one because I have always sung the second verse of that song uh, as uh, I counted out his money and I took it home to Jenny. But you made me aware now and I can't believe that I've never actually noticed that but I'm probably too much in my own head when I listen to Whiskey in the Jar or when I did listen to Whiskey in the Jar but Thin Lizzy version which is one of the most famous ones actually say counted out his money and I took it home to, to Molly uh, and and slumber in Molly's chamber so so it is certainly qualified as a Molly song <laughs> 100% and a fine Molly song it is yeah Molly Malone isn't that much of a question, really. Molly Malone is the title of the song, so she... It is, and it's a very old song, much like Whiskey in the Jar, so we're dealing from the same historical vault here. So it's going to be a tough decision, but I think we're going to have to put the final decision down to you guys out there. What do you reckon, Christian? Absolutely. So how are we doing this? Are we arguing for our own songs? Are we making up criteria or, or like single small battles that were were putting them up uh, against each other how how are we doing this oh it's a good question it's a good question will we will we take a minute or two each to talk about our own song and work from there yep let's do it okay. you want to go first you take the honors <sighs> okay okay <laughs> okay okay what are we dealing with who's molly and who are her people and what's she doing <laughs> and where's she going well this this is the question though Am I talking about the song in general or specifically Molly in the song? Well, I suppose the concept here is Molly songs. So we're going to want to have a bit of both, I guess. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> okay. I'll Talk about the song with the significance of the lovely Molly. Yes, I will. Uh, I'm going to play it by ear here. Uh, and... Uh, 
So, so bear with me. But I'm going to try to give it my all. Whiskey in the jar is the most, and I'm going to say this, the most well-known Irish song <laughs> in the history of Irish music. He's pulling out the big guns already. Outside, especially outside of Ireland. There is no doubt that Molly Malone is one of the one of the holy ten or or glorious five, but whiskey in the jar. It's played by bands like Thin Lizzy, Metallica, like Molly Malone. Who does she ha- have? The Dubliners. Well, so does whiskey in the jar. You have to admit, I have a point here. She is huge i feel like we're going into rap battle territory here only without the rhymes okay so you're probably gonna say that molly malone has a statue in dublin city center i'm just gonna steal it off you there but whiskey in the jar thin lizzy what's your man's name again phil linnet phil linnet has a statue too and Honestly, for the people from outside of Ireland, when they when they come to Ireland and they see that that statue, what do they think about? Do they think about Thin Lizzy's other songs, or do they think about Whiskey in the Jar? I'm just asking the questions. I'm not I'm not giving you the answer, but you can you can. You're use pulling your out the mind. big argumentative guns yeah. here. I wasn't expecting this. So I've got so no script prepared. No, either do I. But I'm just naturally good at arguing because the song is amazing so (laughs) (laughs) i mean for many irish musicians or musicians playing irish music whiskey in the jar has a bit of a tainted reputation because it is a song that everyone wants to hear and if you're outside of ireland like myself uh, that song is the song that gets the biggest roar and the biggest applause. It's the song that everybody sings along with. And it can be a bit frustrating playing that song over and over and over again and being asked to play it a second time, a third time in the same gig. So it's natural to, to lose a bit of interest. But then again, like, why does it have that s- status? Probably just because it it is the most immortal Irish song of all time. So I'm going to open up the Wikipedia here and I'm going to look at a few facts. So, so the song's exact origins are unknown. It's probably from the 1600s. So it's it stood the test of time. It it really qualifies uh, as a folk song in terms of what we usually talk about the things that actually survive for years and years and years and obviously Molly Malone did that too but for the song to be picked up by first an Irish rock band but then Metallica one of the biggest hard rock bands uh, or trash metal if you're so inclined uh, band of all time it's it's unbelievable. Like you can look at, at Irish or Celtic punk rock bands around the world and obviously they play traditional songs. But I think Whiskey in the Jar might be the only legendary Irish song to find its way into a mainstream hard rock metal band 
and actually become a hit. <laughs> I think that's absolutely fantastic. So looking at the lyrics then, it's it's quite an interesting story compared to many other Irish songs because it starts off with a man just walking across uh, the Cork and Kerry mountains and then meeting a rapperie, like a highwayman. And then he pulls a gun and he takes all his money, which is... It feels like the end of a story in the beginning of the song. But then, then what happens is that it's actually a story of betrayal. And I feel like it's, maybe at that time, it was a story of a mad, terrible woman. But today, today we can look at at that song as being so ahead of its time. Because it shows that the who you are doesn't do, uh, what sex you have doesn't uh, dictate what sort of person you are and what do we know about molly's reasons for betraying the protagonist of the song maybe maybe uh, captain farrell was an amazing robin hood like character taking all of this money from evil landlords around ireland and then and then going around to the villages giving it out to the the the, the gwail gorse and then then our good man protagonist is is terrible and he he steals all the money off him but molly she is righteous enough to lock him up take all his money fill water in his gun and then just run off with the cash and i can only expect that she goes back to captain farrell so captain farrell can help out all those poor lads living around the country that's my take on it anyway. Holy and then Jesus Almighty. <coughs> Are you telling me that you're on Molly's side? Ah, who knows? Like I've always I'm 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 kind of forming an opinion as I talk here now. <laughs> but I'm I've obviously like everyone else, I've always looked at it as a song about a terrible woman. But then again, like how how did he treat Molly? Do we know anything about that? No, we don't. So maybe bad. <laughs> Uh, do we know anything about Molly other than the fact that he was out gallivanting around the country? And then I mean, he must have been treating her at least a little bit well because he was bringing her back all the gold and silver. Yeah, well, who knows? Maybe he was out. Maybe he was a bit of a rapperie himself and he travelled around the country and stole money from other bad guys and then he came back uh, like once every month to just stock up and and yeah hit her beat her up and and leave again we don't know but this is speculative it's a song that leaves you a lot of room for interpretation Uh, that being said she might have been baiting the shit out of him for all we know if you're gonna be that ambiguous about it who knows who knows it's up to you it's (laughs) up to you and then if we just talk a little bit about uh the verses that that come after it uh after the story is like sort of like the story with captain farrell has sort of ended after the third verse um there's there's a section there when he says uh now there's some take delight in the hurling and the bowling and having mentioned hurling in the song is just that in itself is uh, no. is you're a get- point you're getting off topic <laughs> uh, <laughs> 
and then the whiskey and the juice of the barley and counting pretty fair mates in the morning bright and early which again is a point in my direction for him being a bad lad going around uh, counting pretty fair maids in the morning bright and early while poor old Molly was sitting there at home in her chamber. And uh, then you're being very unfair to the poor old protagonist. Don't forget now that in the version that we were actually talking about, Phil Linnet sings about going, what was it? Some men like fishing, some men like rowing, some men like to hear the cannonballs rolling. But me, I like a sleeping, especially in my Molly's chamber. Okay, okay. But here okay. I am in prison. Here I am with a ball and chain. Well, so. yeah, you you make you make some good <coughs> points there, Josh. But I, I I defaulted back to the lyrics that I I know that I don't really know where I picked up, and they don't mention the prison and the ball and chain. But obviously, a man would really dream of getting back to Molly's chamber if he was in prison. So I don't think we can take that as proof of him being a great guy. I'm not going to get into the whole thing about him wanting to find his uh, brother's station in Cork or in Killarney because that doesn't really have anything to do with it. Other than the fact that he was a military man uh, or at least his brother was a military man and at that time in Ireland the military was, as far as I know, pretty British. I'm just going to leave that hanging. This has become a very anti-protagonist song as opposed to a Molly song. But I did talk a lot about Molly, didn't I? <laughs> Poor old Molly. I'm I'm gonna leave it at that, and then I'm gonna let you have your your uh, your little spiel. Christian clearly did debating in school. I did debating through Irish at the age of ten, and I haven't really been involved in it ever since. But I just want to point out before we go anywhere else with this, Christian, that while you were giving your little bit of a spiel there, I decided to Google. Most famous Irish folk songs in the world. And I came across a little website called VagabondToursOfIreland.com Vagabond such as the fucking protagonist in your little song. And believe it or not, in their top ten of Irish songs everyone has to know around the world, your song isn't even in the list. Just to point that out. And what is number one out of ten? A little song called Molly Malone. This is the ultimate sing-along song, apparently. Most people around the world will recognise the Dubliners' version. It was most likely written long before that. The subject, of course, is the lovely Dublin fishmonger, who may have sold more than just cockles and mussels. And that is an interesting concept in itself, because of the pure historic value that this song has. I've already proven that this song is more popular. but Do you call that proof? Yeah, 100%. Well, okay, let's let's get into it then. Let's get into the fucking nitty and gritty of it. All the years that I was in college, busking in Dublin, sitting at the feet of said Molly Malone, that wonderful girl that roams the streets of Dublin with her big, massive, huge wheelbarrow. <laughs> selling cocks... Co- <laughs> selling cockles and mussels out of her cart. I used to sit at her feet, playing the banjo. Now, I'm no expert Christian, but you're using this Phil Lindet statue as a bit of an excuse because I don't see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of tourists stopping every day and every morning at the feet of Phil Linnet to sing his song. 
yet in all my days in college sitting at Molly Malone's feet playing tunes I must have seen seven or eight tour groups a day language schools walking tours that would all stop and every single one of them would ask me about Molly Malone probably because I was sitting at her feet but there's a reason they were coming to see her and that is because she is known far and wide all across the world as she was in the days of yore when she was alive because all the sailors that used to stop by Dublin when searching for Molly up in the Monto which was the most famous red light district of Dublin at the time one of the bigger ones in Europe actually but every single tourist would ask for me to play Molly Malone and they would all have a sheet with all the historical info and important details of old Ireland and old Dublin and top of the sheet was always Molly and let's just say I had to play that song quite a bit and I got quite generous tips and they always sang along even the people that didn't have a word of English were able to sing Alive Alive O even though she wasn't alive where do we get into the song itself? Have you any anything to say so far, Christian? Um, if she's if she's <laughs> such a tourist attraction, why the fuck did she did they move her? Do you know why? And here's an even more interesting fact: Molly was moved, and I only learned this a few minutes ago in my research. Molly was moved to outside the church where she's believed to be buried. Now for you. <laughs> Go on. That is a whole mystery surrounding whether or not she was a real person, but she is believed to have been a real person. The name Molly itself derives from the name Mary or Margaret or all of those good names. What other names start with an M? All of those Irish Christian names. Mary, Margaret, uh, let's find it. We have it here. Um, Molly is a diminutive of the Hebrew feminine name Mary, and it can be Margaret, Martha, Martina, Melinda, Mary... Here's one for you. It most commonly means sea of bitterness, star of the sea, or rebelliousness, rebellion. So I can only believe that the reason Molly is so prominent in folk songs in Ireland is because of that heart of rebellion that exists within the Irish people. And that sense of freedom that we get when we sing about rebellion. What you reckon, Christian? But yeah, sorry, go ahead. Yeah, I, I reckon that they... Did two our mollies did two very different things to to rebel. And my <laughs> Molly, she broke out of a potentially hostile and dangerous relationship, and your Molly well, sold herself. I just I just want to point out that everything you just said is speculation. To be perfectly honest with you, as far as we know, Molly in your song was being absolutely looked after quite well. And Molly, in my song, might have been in very hostile environments all the time. We don't know who her pimp was. We don't know if she was looking after herself. We don't know anything about her except that she got very ill at a time in Dublin when it was not good to be ill, when there was not so much medicine readily available. And some poor man that was so in love with Molly that he wrote this beautiful song about her lost her to a fever. These typical Irish sad songs, all about heartache and loss and woe. And she could have been in terrible situations, we have no idea. But at least she enjoyed herself along the way by the sounds of it. <laughs> but yeah, so at this time in Dublin, Dublin was one of the biggest port towns, harbour towns in Europe. And there was a hell of a lot of activity down at the docks. 
in more ways than one, if you know what I mean. And the story goes that Molly was famous worldwide. Even back then. Was your Molly famous when she was alive? I highly doubt it because she didn't exist. It's a fictional song. But this song is very much real and living and still living unlike Molly. (laughs) And all of these men that used to visit her used to head down to the Monto and they used to go and buy fish. So the story goes... Um, you can still see some markets there in Dublin nowadays on Moore Street where people are still selling apples and oranges for a euro. But um, yeah, you may have heard another very famous song by the Dubliners called Manto, which is a song about the red light district in Dublin City, which is where Molly would have made most of her money and spent most of her time selling fish and other things. We won't get into it. But anyway, I'm going to get into just a little bit of history because we're going to fucking do episodes about these another time. But here we go. The fictional tale of a fishwife who plied her trade on the streets of Dublin and died young of a fever. A legend grew up that there was a historical molly who lived in the 17th century, typically represented as a hawker by day and part-time prostitute by night. Jesus. In contrast, she's also been portrayed as one of the few chaste female street hawkers of her day. Now... Again, a lot of ambiguousness here, but what we can see is that she was definitely a real person because there are a lot of historical references to Mary Malone's, Margaret Malone's and Molly Malone's all around Dublin throughout the 16th, 17th and 18th centuries. So this is a real living, breathing entity. It's not just a folk song. It's history and it's in the heart of anyone that knows the song. And I have to say, Christian... If there is someone out there listening to this that does not know this song, I would be very, very surprised because I have travelled all around the world. I have played in a market in Mumbai in India. And when we played this song, the Indian people would sing along. They might not have a word of English. They might not know who we are or where we come from. But when we sing Molly Malone, they know what we're talking about. Um, The name Molly originates as I said as the name Mary or Margaret many such mollies were born in Dublin over the centuries none of them are directly connected to the song but the Dublin Millennium Commission in 1988 endorsed claims made for a Mary Malone who died on the 13th of June 1699 and proclaimed the 13th of June to be Molly Malone Day so Molly Malone has her own day Christian I'm not sure if Molly in your song has any kind of a day at all. Does she? (laughs) He's speechless. He's speechless. Um, Very, very old song. It's It's actually not originally known to be Irish. It seems to have been originally commissioned elsewhere. And it's a dance hall song of America, as we talked about many, many times before. But it was also published first in Boston, Massachusetts, which leads me to believe that it traveled to America from Ireland. As it says here, its placement in the section of the book titled Songs from English and German Universities suggests an Irish origin. And it was played in the dance halls and music halls all around America and England. And you cannot even dismiss the possibility that it is based on an even older folk song. Isn't that interesting? Any input here, Christian? Um, 
<laughs> well, I do have I do have a couple of things. Um, keep it coming. Keep it coming. Small small things. Um, well, first of all, uh, both songs being being extremely well known as we've uh, as we've covered, uh, both songs being what should i say like uh, not maybe not the favorites of the musician that play them uh because of their popularity so what makes them famous which, around the world then which of which of the two songs do you josh find most interesting to play and to listen to melodically ener- energy wise <laughs> i see what you're doing well, I just want to point out that the reason the idea for this episode came into my head at all was because I was playing He's avoiding a gig. the question. I was playing a gig last night and I was requested to play Molly Malone, which I have not played in a long, long time. And I was able to play around with it a little bit and emphasize the words and the melody and bring out those nice little minor chords and those sevenths that you can get in there that you can't usually get in when you hear old feckers that can barely play the guitar going in Dublin's varsity that you hear on feckin' Henry Street. But having played both songs last night, I enjoyed Molly Malone more last oh, okay. night. Okay, okay. Well, Now, I understand where you're coming from with the energy but you can play a fast song slow, just like you can play a slow song fast. Or oh you yeah, can give absolutely. It rhythm or but would you ever end a gig on Molly Malone? And don't don't try twisting it. Obviously, if it's a funeral, and <laughs> but if if you're if you're, I mean, are you claiming pub- are you claiming that one of the what's the word? One of the conditions for a good song is that it has to be worthy of ending a gig with it. No, absolutely not. But to me, Molly Malone, uh, it's not one of the one of the more interesting slow songs. It's a song that has, like, if if you're, it has three chords. I would disagree. Well, you can you can easily get away playing three chords. You could potentially get I'm away saying. by playing two chords. You could say the same about whiskey in the jar. Oh no, 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 no! Absolutely, uh, <laughs> definitely not. The least you I've, can do. Trust me, I've played with guitarists who have played whiskey in uh, the whiskey jar. Whiskey in the jar with is two a chords. Four, is definitely a four chord song. <laughs> but but my point is, regardless. When we're talking about like how well known the song is across the world, mm-hmm. they're talking about singing along and all of that. And yes, Absolutely. that that is a condition, uh, for sure. But the reason and people why would one hundred percent sing along with the chorus of Molly Malone all oh around yeah, the world sure. a lot quicker than they would sing along with the chorus of Whiskey in the Jar because for sure. it's a but hell of a lot easier to say and speak and understand. But what we do. What do we do with the whiskey in the jar audience? We what get do them we to do clap with the drunken instead. sailor? We get them to <laughs> clap instead because we know we know it's hard. We know it's hard to catch up with the mushering da ma do da ma da. What's you that? You can get them to clap. Nonsense, load of nonsense. Yes. Ring, and what? And what's the name of this podcast? <laughs> it's Tura fucking Lura. <laughs> I want to say mic um, drop, but I do have another thing to say. And I don't remember what the fuck it was. Yeah, I didn't think so because you have nothing else to say because 
that's all there is, Christian. You've got your few bits of info. You don't have enough information on that song to be able to fucking give it the <laughs> kick that it deserves. Molly, on the other hand, has centuries of history lying across her back. <laughs> yeah, here it is. Here it is. He's walk. He's walking across the Cork and Kerry mountains. So you can assume that my Molly, it potentially could be from the fucking west of Ireland. Mic drop. Mm. Not it's so not sure. out of the question. He it's brought it home to Molly from the Cork and Kerry mountains. Uh, but it, y- you cannot rule out that she could have been from the west of Ireland. We can certainly rule out that Molly Malone is from anywhere else than Dublin. Uh, that's also not entirely true if you look at the facts. <laughs> because what you have here, okay, she is probably from Dublin. I'm not going to lie. Um, St. Andrew's Church is where she's believed to be buried, which is right beside where her statue is now. But the song itself, as I said, was published in Boston, Massachusetts, and it was not known to be sung or heard in Dublin at all until several centuries later. So again, a lot of assumptions going on here, Christian. A lot yes, of faking assumptions. You give, you and you're saying that he's time. singing about the Cork and Kerry Mountains, but he's also singing about Kilkenny in that song, so... Molly could be from anywhere. Where, what's in between the Cork and Kerry Mountains and Kilkenny? I don't know, fucking Tipperary, Offaly? Yeah. Midlands? Oh, here it is, here it is. American metal band Metallica in 1998 played a version very similar to that of Tin Lizzy's, though with a heavier sound, winning a Grammy for the song in 2000 for Best Hard Rock Performance. A song song that can work in the folk tradition and be transferred to a metal band and win a Grammy. Are we not talking about the songs here? Can I just point out that before we hit the record button, you were complaining about Metallica's version of this song. For sure. I'm, I'm not giving creds or props to Metallica or their version of the song. I'm saying that it is something inherent with the song that makes it transferable to that genre and still becomes a Grammy winning song a Grammy winning performance by Metallica Whiskey in the Jar what what other bands oh, oh I'm sorry I thought this podcast was about folk songs yeah isn't that the perfect <laughs> description of a great folk song a song that can be taken and can just live on in any different environment how many versions of that song do you think there are of whiskey in the jar how Mm. many versions now when i say version i don't just mean slightly different lyrics Uh, yeah what 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 do you mean like how many recordings or how how many actual versions no actual versions like are there other how many similar songs would have existed back in the day i don't know i know i know we don't know but a lot would you say I don't know. I don't know myself, but I know that I have several from Molly Malone here in front of me, which just shows how versatile it was and how genre hopping it can be as well, considering that it started as a dance hall song 
of the 1800s in America. Folks, I do not need to get into the dance hall and vaudeville songs of America yet again. But if we're talking about genre hopping, before Grammys existed, this song was doing the rounds all around the world with people from near and far singing along. It might not have been able to win a Grammy considering that they did not exist at the time, but it was certainly Grammy-worthy when it was being published. All the things you're saying now could be said about Whiskey in the Jar too. It <laughs> looks like that showed it's up. It's not really a it dance hall song. It lo- but it looks like it showed up in America. It was collected. It was brought back. Oh we, yeah, we sure, but... Molly we Malone. don't, re- and it has certainly travelled the world. So yeah, <laughs> you can. You, it's fair to say that you have, you have better, uh, you have better historical proof for how Molly travelled around the world. Oh, we know but that Molly travelled, but what but I'm saying is, could you imagine the same vaudeville band that we described last week playing whiskey in the jar with that hoppy? Yes. <laughs> Do I ruin your argument? Would you would you want to hear it? Uh, rather that than Molly Malone, yeah. Why? Just because it's a better fucking song. You're you're getting very very just adamant about this, aren't you? Show me, come come back to me, come back to me when you get a metal band or <laughs> Ariana Grande or Jesse J or Snoop Dogg. To play Molly Malone and win a Grammy. Come back to me then. Until then, I th- I'll I'll be. I'll I think be, I'll be I think I'll be off looking for my brother in in his station in Cork or in Killarney. First of all, the band that has fucking won the Grammy for doing that basically copied it from a version from an Irish band. That's not even their Don't version. It's a carbon copy. Your argument isn't valid because it we're is not valid because we're w- not even. What? What it's does not it even have to do with anything? The point is that the song was the songwriting in itself. The melody and the words of Whiskey in the Jar was considered good enough to win a Grammy, if regardless of who played it. If that's the case, then why didn't they give the Grammy to Phil Linnett, who fucking came up with the version? Doesn't matter. Now, you're not going to please many Irish people with that argument. I'm not saying that the metal. You're. Now you're. So now you're saying Phil Linnett doesn't deserve a Grammy for creating the song that won the Grammy. Of course, I would be <laughs> happy if Phil <laughs> Linnett won the Grammy. But the point is not. We're not talking about Thin Lizzy. We're not talking about Metallica. We're talking about the fact that Whiskey in the Jar did work in a metal context context and won a Grammy (laughs) maybe Grammys aren't all they're cracked up to be then (laughs) it sounds like you're rowing your boat no I'm really not I am not rowing my boat at all because okay okay you want to get into this you want (laughs) let's let's fucking do this this, but let's (laughs) fucking do this Tin Lizzy Whiskey in the Jar 1973 original video YouTube Two million views. Right. You have me so far. Molly Malone. I'm after losing it now. Fuck. It was here a second ago. <laughs> oh, there it is. Molly Malone. Sinead O'Connor. 6.2 million views. Bono. 
You too sings Molly Malone. The Dubliners, Molly Malone. Who else do we have? I don't think there are many people in this fucking world that have not sung Molly Malone. The Dubliners, Whiskey in the Jar. 20 million views. Yeah, yeah, but we're, ta- we're, Metallica, we're talking about boundary 80, hopping here. Metallica, 84 million views. The Irish Rovers Whiskey in the Jar, 2.4 million views. Brian Adams Whiskey in the Jar, <laughs> only 48,000 times, but still. Yeah, that's shit. <laughs> Brian Adams. <laughs> 20 million views for Derry Farrell. For Molly. What else have we? Me- another Metallica version, 41 million views. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm just going to say it again. The the Metallica the top Metallica video here had eighty four million views, and I'm just making the point that if you look outside of the Irish music world, the people that actually go to gigs and listen to Irish music, and you ask them, "Have you heard this? Have you heard this?" or ask them if w- what's what's one Irish song you know, then I think that if you go in the metal world. 50-year-olds, metal people that used to listen to Iron Maiden and Metallica back in the day, they know Whiskey in the Jar. They don't necessarily know Molly Malone. <laughs> I I would disagree. Oh, you can disagree all you Having want. Having lived and worked in other countries teaching English to five-year-old children that can't speak English, they even know who Molly Malone is. This is becoming very anecdotal. Hmm... But I have the experience to back it up, bitch. Mm, yeah, isn't that the whole idea <laughs> behind anecdotal? That you have the experience to back it up, but it doesn't sound like hard facts. Are you telling me that things that actually happened to me in my life are not hard facts, Mr. Dogstad? They're not science. They're not research. If they happen to you, it could be a coincidence. You could be the lucky one that met a five-year-old <laughs> Spanish girl that could sing Molly Malone. You don't know. I'm not saying that you are, but I'm not saying okay. that you not are. Okay. Just come back to me when you play whiskey in the jar in a market in Mumbai in India and everyone around you sings along word for word. But your arguments now are are completely out of bounds because I don't have the option to go to Mumbai and tr- test that that theory. So you're you're using and your That's why we have to bring it to the people. You're using your status as a, your <laughs> higher status as an Irish musician against me as a poor Norwegian boy that started uh, no. doing this at the age of 17. Now he's so only begging for sympathy, folks. He's looking for the sympathy vote. We need to give it to the people, Josh. We I need to we give do. it to the people. I think we do. The funny thing is, if we had done the opposite side of this, we would have been equally as argumentative. <laughs> And I have a feeling you would have made better points than me about Molly Malone, but yeah. Uh, I'm not sure. I I think I'm totally unprepared. <laughs> well, so am I. So I th- I think you're just better at improvising arguments by the sounds of it. <laughs> no, I I think if if we're if we say that ding 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 and that's the round ended and there are no knockouts, so this will be a decision for the judges we will be back in a jiffy which is uh, in a little while so right, so christian so here's what i propose 
Okay. You're going to find your absolute favourite version of Whiskey in the Jar. Yes. And post it on the socials. Okay. You can give a few arguments if you want in the Instagram story. Our Instagram again, folks, is Toralura Podcast. Mm-hmm. And I shall do the same. I'll find my favourite versions and I'll stick up a story. And we will create a Facebook poll. And we'll bring it to the peoples. All the peoples. And this is only round one, folks. Volume one of the Molly Sessions. We have more of these songs. There's plenty of Molly to go around. And I don't mean marijuana. <laughs> Molly is marijuana, though. <laughs> it's somebody else. Sorry, I don't know my drugs. I, I, isn't wasn't there a big scandal of of Madonna saying, "Are are anyone on Molly, or does anyone have any Molly?" In a What's gig? Molly? Is Molly ecstasy? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Or My or bad. is it MDMA? I I know that ecstasy is well MDMA is sort of partially the same thing as ecstasy, but but I think it's m- maybe MDMA. Uh, there's what. Well, the argument we're getting at is there's plenty of molly to go around and <laughs> that is only round one, folks. We're going to do more of these. I think we are anyway. We're going to play with, play with the concept and the ideas a bit and solidify the way that this is going to go and not just sit here shouting at each other for half an hour. <laughs> but I mean, as a, if if we're doing uh, an instant, um, instant uh, sort of thoughts and and feelings on the thing to be so unprepared helps <laughs> i'm not gonna say it helps but it makes but for an entertaining listen yeah and and just the fact that we were able to do this although we were so unprepared i i i was i was afraid that it was gonna be a little bit um sound a little bit fake but i was actually able and i feel like you were too able to to pretend enough to myself that I actually cared enough about whiskey in the jar <laughs> that it meant something to me to win this yeah. uh, that it worked and I still feel it I still really want to get those votes I, I wouldn't mind a few votes myself and Molly Malone there wouldn't mind a few herself either either would my Molly they say, Captain they say if you see and hear or touch Molly's statue you'll get seven years good luck folks you won't get that if you touch Phil Linnet's statue. <laughs> <laughs> we're 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 done now. I'm just we thinking, are. trying to think now. When was the last time I actually touched the Molly Malone statue? And I think that was in our old spot in 2013. At the so bottom I of Rafton Street. Yeah, I think my good luck has r- ran out. Uh oh. Maybe last year actually. Maybe that was why COVID happened. Probably is. It was probably around the same day. Oh my god. The end of February. Yeah, it sounds about right. No, no, no. It was it was um the day before we went down to the Fakel Festival and we were busking and you played banjo and I played. Oh, it's, it's here on my wall. Fourteenth of August two thousand and thirteen. Yeah. So it must have been the thirteenth. That's of the August, day that so. Josh O'Loughlin crafted the perfect pint of Guinness. Oh yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ almighty. So and we're going to stick up a few bits on the socials and we're going to stick up that poll and let's see what happens. We'll oh have a gr- we'll have a grand finale and we'll have a final Molly winner at some point over the next year. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. <laughs> this Who is, is fun, Josh. Good. King of King of the Mollies. King, <laughs> Queen of the Mollies. 
<laughs> Molly, Queen of Songs. <laughs> What's her name? Uh, Mary, Queen of Scots. That's her. Yeah. That's Molly, her. Queen of Songs. <laughs> that that's actually a good title for a song. Yeah, you should can write you, it. Can, maybe maybe this is a good way to end the episode. Can you fade me out as I improvise Molly Queen of Songs? <laughs> okay. I just realized you're not wearing any pants. <laughs> He's just done a whole episode on Zoom, folks, and he is not wearing any pants. I do have boxers on though. <laughs> You may travel far and wide From the stony shores by the sea Across the rolling hills and down the glens But you'll never see Anyone like her She has many stories And her name is known wide and far If you travel from Mumbai to County Clare you will hear her name. Who is she? She's Molly, Queen of Songs. She's Molly, Queen of Songs. I like it. She's Molly, Queen of Songs. She's Molly, Queen of Songs. that one